0: This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Hey, come on. If you're going to clap, clap for Jesus and make it loud. Come on. You know, I'm just so proud of of you guys for coming and being at church, number one. But number two, that you're coming during a time of the year um, where usually sermon series kind of dip down a little bit and we make it all about little eight pound, two ounce baby Jesus and everybody starts to calm down a little bit. Well, here at our church, we go into legacy season. And if you're new here, let me tell you what legacy season is. When everyone ramps down, we ramp up. And what that means is legacy season is all about the future and all about generational impact. And you're going to hear a lot of that throughout this series because even though this series is not titled Legacy like last year's was, this is our Legacy Series. Every year at this time of year, we go into Legacy Season with a Legacy Series. What does that mean? That means that we're going to teach you some biblical principles to live and think three, which is three generations ahead of you, that the decisions you make today affect your great-grandchildren. And we're going to teach you biblical principles um, about how to do that and the best ways to do that, because the word legacy is inherently generational. Legacy, I mean, a legacy is not just for you. A legacy is inherently generational, When you hear about even sports players, oh, his legacy, this coach's legacy. How about we start saying my grandpa's legacy, my grandma's legacy, our family's spiritual legacy? And so we're gonna talk about that, and I'm just so excited. If you weren't able to be at church last Sunday uh, for the baptisms, I mean, we had 35 people get baptized last week. Come on, give God a bigger praise for that. What a big deal! What a big deal. It's a huge deal, and and 35 people, multiple family trees, affected forever. This series, we're going to talk about actually what it means to live a life of blessing. The word blessing is inherently generational. It's not about you being blessed just so you can be blessed. When the Bible talks about blessing, it means to be blessed so that you can pass it down generationally. We're going to hit a variety of topics A variety of topics like relationships. We're going to hit a variety of topics like finances. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about parenting and all God's people said. Regardless of the topic, there's a bedrock principle that we have to know. And I get to start the series out today. And I'm going to talk to you about the starting point of blessing. It cannot be skipped. <laughs> There's no way around it. If you, if, you're, if you know me at all, you probably already know where we're headed because I've talked to you about it already. I've been excited about this series. This is a starting point. We can't wiggle our way around it. We can't pray our way around it. Faith is only grown through this thing. What is it, Landon? Today's title... Is entitled The Only Way to Have a Blessed Life. The only way. The only way to live a blessed life. And I'm not talking about, you know, that boat you've been praying for, or that that new Ford Bronco you've been praying for, or, or whatever you've been, I'm not talking about, or that person you've been wanting to be your boo. I ain't, pray, I ain't praying with you about that. I'm not talking about that. We're not talking about us just getting things so we can feel. Blessed. Blessing is inherently generational, and this is the only way to have a blessed life. And I'm going to give it to you up front. I'm, going to, I'm not going to drag you along. I'm going to give it to you up front. We're going to unpack it together. It is the word obedience. Everybody say obedience. obedience. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to obey. Obedience. Now, for those of you all that all just disobeyed and didn't tell your neighbor, yeah. sermon's for you. You cannot separate your faith from obedience. It is impossible. If you know anything about the 66 books of the Bible, it is impossible to separate your faith from the word obedience. Christians often perceive obedience to God as some test designed for us to see if we're really committed to him. But when I read the Bible, that's not what I see. But what if obedience is designed as God's way to give us what's best for us? What if God's way of giving you what you've been praying for, if it aligns with his will, what if God's way of giving you the faith that you've always dreamed of having, is not by you praying louder and using lots of these and thous and thines. It's not about serving an extra Sunday, even though we wouldn't say no. What if it was through obedience? Look at Luke eleven twenty eight. Blessed. Someone say blessed. blessed. Say it louder than that. Say blessed. Blessed, blessed are those who hear. We can't hear if we're not listening. Hear the what? Word of God and what? Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Now, I think it's awesome that Luke wrote this because Luke was a physician. Out of all the disciples, this dude was the smartest. And even he is putting his left brain analytical self underneath the blood of Christ and saying the only way to be blessed is not through intellect, it's through hearing through the Word of God and doing what it says. The Lord's simple requests often serve as stepping stones to life's most wonderful blessings. His simple requests, the simple things in the Bible are stepping stones to the most blessed parts of life. And Peter illustrates what can happen when we say yes to God. Let's look, Luke, Luke 5, 1 through 11. A large crowd had passed around Jesus, while, uh, had gotten around Jesus while he was preaching, and here's where we are. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by some fishermen who were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon Peter, and he asked him to put it out a little bit from the shore. Then he sat down in the boat. So imagine Jesus kind of made himself a water stage. He got out away from the crowd, got out a little bit so people could see him and hear him. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now let's go out to deep water and let's catch some fish. Kind of weird request, right? So Jesus just jumps in another dude's boat and starts telling him what to do with his boat. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. Has anybody ever gone fishing and didn't catch nothing? These guys went fishing all night long and caught nothing. But then he says, but because you say so, I will let down my nets again. When they did so, they caught a large number of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat, get over here. And it wasn't like a, there wasn't none of that. It was go. It was, I mean, they're hurrying as fast as they can. They fell, when Peter, Simon Peter saw all these fish, they fell, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Get away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And I think that's something we need to keep in mind because in today's culture, we don't, we're not separating righteousness from sin. In America today, we're sinning and calling it righteousness. But back then, there was an understanding. That I'm a sinner and I can't be around this righteousness. There was holy ground, there was sanctuaries, and now we have auditoriums and coffee bars. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the fish they had caught. They'd been working all night long, they were tired. So imagine this, they, they work all night long, they're tired, and then Jesus wants to preach. And then he says, hey, now that I've preached a long sermon and you're even more tired, now let's go fishing again. So we're James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. So Peter, James, and John are just amazed, kind of like wholly freaking out a little bit. Jesus said to Simon Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left how much did they leave? How much did they leave? And what? So let's unpack it and let's see how obedience changed everything. The Lord wanted to use Peter's boat as a, fishing, a floating platform from which he could address the multitude. asked for the future apostle to push his vessel, vessel out a little from shore. That in and of itself is a remarkable request, because notice this, Peter's compliance, Peter's yes to Jesus, paved the way for his life-changing blessing. That simple yes paved the way for the blessing. From Peter's example, we also learn how essential it is to obey in even the smallest of matters. The noisy crowd received the first blessing of Peter's obedience because the people could now clearly see and hear Jesus. At the conclusion of the sermon, Jesus said to Peter, now let's go out to deep water and let's go fish again. That was a second opportunity for Peter to say yes or no. But this time, I imagine Peter would have been tempted to decline After all, he was a seasoned fisherman. Jesus wasn't. Jesus wasn't a fisherman. Peter had worked all night long and caught nothing. And when a fisherman goes out fishing and they catch nothing, they lose money. So Peter had just lost a bunch of money. And then this teacher named Yeshua, who's a carpenter, tells you, Let's go fishing. I got better bait. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't trust a woodworker with advice on fishing. And now this guy wants me to go fishing again? I'm the fisherman. I've been fishing all night. I think I know what I'm doing, Yeshua HaMashiach. I think I know what I'm doing. How about you go make a little Pinocchio with Geppetto and leave me alone? That's what you and I would say. Peter's reply demonstrates the beginning of a lifetime of faith in God. He said, Master, we've been working hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you said so, I will let down my nets again. That soon-to-be disciple chose to obey the Lord and to leave the consequences of that decision to whom? Jesus. Obedience leaves the outcome to God. That's the next one. Obedience leaves the outcome to who? Our yes starts a holy cycle that God is in charge of. And obedience leaves the outcome to him. This is all based on trust. Honestly, you and I have a hard time trusting God, don't we? We have a hard time telling our boss no because we love the paycheck. I get it; we got bills to pay, but we trust our job, and which means we trust ourselves to provide for ourselves more than we trust God to provide. But notice what happened as a result of Peter's obedience. Jesus just demonstrated His sovereignty. And his power. Peter and his partners may have started off the day thinking their efforts had yielded nothing. But they ended up in complete amazement because they pulled in not one boat full of fish, but two overflowing boatloads of fish. Saying yes to the Lord's request resulted in a miracle that transformed not only one fisherman's life, but the entire lives of the entire group. So let's consider three reasons why obedience is critical to a successful Christian life. Number one, small is actually big. Obeying God in small matters is an essential step to receive and want God's biggest blessings. You and I often want God's biggest blessings. You and I often want... The amazement of a big blessing. You and I are praying for two boatloads of fish. But when was the last time you said yes? The boatloads don't come after a no. The boatloads come after a yes. You see it all throughout scripture. Suppose Peter had said, look, Jesus... Christ, I'm busy cleaning my nets right now. Man, they're dirty, they're nasty. Got squid all over them, it's nasty. I smell like fish. My wife wants me home. I'm tired. I got poop to scoop at home. I got a lawn to mow. And you want to go fishing recreationally? I can't help you. Because i got to go fishing again tonight. And if I help you right now, and then i got to go to work at 6 p.m., that means I will have been up. If you do the math, Peter would have been up and was up for 36 hours straight. Jesus doesn't ask us to do things to make sure we're comfortable. But the boatloads usually come when you're Uncomfortable. Jesus, I've already been fishing today. This is a big waste of time. Every fisherman knows where where the fishing hole is. Like there's a lot of bass right there under that log. If you go over here, there's a bunch of catfish. They know where to go. Peter knew where to go. What if Peter had said anything other than yes? He would have missed the greatest fishing experience of his life. But because of Peter's obedience, the Lord arranged a miracle. See, often God's greatest blessings come as a result of our willingness to do something that appears very insignificant. So ask yourself Has God been challenging you to do something seemingly unimportant that you have not yet made an effort to accomplish? I've rationalized this before, maybe you have too. Like, look, it's too difficult. Or you might be saying, why would God ask me to do that? That's not going to help anybody. Why would God ask me to check on my neighbor? I don't even know them. Why? why? Surely they have family and friends and someone's checking on them already. I don't, I don't need to do that. Or what about you and I just straight up say, I don't want to? No. No. Or what, Do you know how to say no in Christianese? I need to pray about it first. That's how you and I say no in Christianese. Hey, we want you to serve on the dream team. You know what? I need to pray about it first. No, you don't. Because the Bible says we serve other people. If you're a Christian, you've been saved by grace and hell's no longer your home. Why wouldn't you want other people to have that same grace? I need to pray about it first. I need to pray about tithing first. No, you don't. We're spiritualizing our disobedience. Number two is easier. Okay, number two, our obedience always benefits other people. Always benefits other people. Think of how many people, the crowd could see Jesus and hear Jesus. When Peter smelt like fish guts, And was tired when he said yes, when it was uncomfortable, thousands of people got to see Jesus. Then, of course, Peter's friends had a very profitable day. They took in two vessels full of fish, but more importantly, they had the opportunity to witness the Lord's supernatural provision. Don't you know that Jesus knew they didn't make any money that day? And Kelly and I have had those seasons of life where she was dog-sitting dogs on rover, which was hell on earth. We were selling stuff on the side. I was buying and selling cars at auto auctions to make a few thousand dollars here and there. And when we started the church, it was a little slim. We were doing everything we could to make ends meet. But the tithe belongs to the Lord. And I believe God in the Bible when he says, you'll be blessed if you obey. See, God often rewards others. In particular, he rewards those closest to us as a result of our obedience. For example, when a parent obeys the Lord, the entire family reaps the reward of God's blessings. Likewise, a child's obedience blesses the mom and dad. Amen. Amen. Has disobedience ever blessed you, mom and dad? No! Does not. So we got to think three. Everybody say think three. three. Come on, say it loud. Say think three. This is about generational living. You're going to hear us say this almost every series till the end of your life. So just get used to it and start saying this to other people you got to think, three, the decisions you make now are affecting your great-grandchildren. The decisions you're making right now. That does not mean that those who chose to disobey the Lord will escape the discipline because of someone else's godly walk, though. So just because my daddy decided to obey the Lord, that doesn't mean that I get to escape God's discipline because my daddy obeyed. But those who went before us, their obedience always demands our response. When we live obedient lives, those who know and love us will sense the peace and joy that God has given us. Instead of conflict, there's contentment. Have you ever been in someone's home with a bunch of disobedient children? And then you've been in someone's home with a bunch of obedient children. It could be the same children, just different days. However, when you walk into an environment with disobedience, do you ever feel like, I would really like to stay here? No. But when you walk into an environment full of peace, enjoying contentment, the time goes by faster, you enjoyed the conversation, you had fun, your soul is uplifted, the blessing of obedience. Number three, when we obey God, we will never... Ever, ever, ever be disappointed. It's impossible for you to be disappointed in the results of obedience. When we obey God, we will never be disappointed. Peter, no doubt, assumed that Jesus' fishing instructions would amount to a giant waste of time. But when he complied with the Lord's simple request, I think you and I, Kelly, have said that exact phrase at home. Just comply with the simple request. We tell them to scoop the poop from the new puppy. And they're like, why? That's obvious. I don't want to step in it, son. So go clean it up. But you and I are always like that. We, we want to know, God, what are you up to? No, it's the simple yes. Peter was obviously, because he was human. And Peter, out of all the disciples, was the one that always said and did dumb stuff. So he definitely was the one who was like, I don't want to do this. But Christ brought about a miracle that gripped that disciple with amazement. Recognize that obeying God is always... Don't miss the sentence. Obeying God is always the wisest decision. Always. He can take our emptiness, whether it be related to finances, relationships, or career, and change it into something amazing. Perhaps you've hesitated to obey God. Maybe because you fear the consequences of your decision. The Lord's command for you, though, is what? If you and I are afraid to obey God because of what might happen, like you and I know everything that's going to happen because we're so smart. If you and I pridefully suggest that we know more than God so our disobedience will actually protect us. Do you see how backwards this is? The first step that Jesus leads us to is to fear God more than we fear the consequences. If we fear God, which means to respect, to highly revere, if we highly revere and fear God, blessing follows every time. The Lord God. Omnipotent is God above all else. The same sovereign, omnipotent God. Omnipotent is just a fancy word for God knows everything. The same sovereign, all-knowing, creator, omnipotent, omniscient God who keeps your heart beating and keeps the planets orbiting and keeps the sun in the perfect position so you and I don't burn to death can handle the results of your obedience. When he tells you to do something and you know without a doubt that it's his will, then you need to obey solely based on who's doing the talking. And that is the life of a disciple. When you choose to obey the Lord, he will bless you. That's is because obedience always leads to blessing. In other words, get this. Please discipline yourself to a life of yes. Discipline yourself to a life of yes. And allow God to handle the results of your obedience. I've always told people who say that they don't understand why God's asked them to do a certain thing that if they will obey him, He will reward them with a sense of peace and joy that compares to nothing this world can offer. So I want us as a church to set a goal to obey the Lord. That's all. Very simple. Let's just set a goal as a church to obey. Jesus turned an empty boat into a sinking boat because the blessing was too big. How many of you would love a sinking boat right now? Joshua 1.8 says, study the book of instruction continually. Study God's word continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Maybe some of us need to write that on a mirror at home, put it in your car, make it your lock screen, to remind yourself every day that the only way to prosper, the only way to succeed is not by praying louder or even praying more. The only way to prosper and succeed is not by trying to throw more self-righteousness at it by more activity that you call spiritual. The only way to succeed and prosper in all that you do is to know God's word, think about it all day long, and then do what he says. Everything outside of that is a waste of time. There's no magic trick to this simply obedience I was a bit of a rebellious child I don't like people telling me what to do I don't, I don't, I don't like that I just, just never have and I think God's used that to some extent I think for a lot of reasons this church is open because of my hard headedness but I think in a lot of ways it has hindered me from hearing God because a lot of times I think I know more than God and I think I know what he's about to say, so I try to outthink him. It doesn't work. And then the only thing that comes after my disobedience is pain and hurt and regret. But every time I've obeyed, every time I've obeyed, there's been Peace. Even if the circumstances didn't change, or let's say the circumstances in front of me got worse, even then, peace came. Joy came. And guess what you get when the joy of the Lord is in you? The Bible says you get strength. If you want increased favor in your life, we have to start obeying God in every area. Look at Proverbs 10. The blessing of the Lord brings what? True riches. And he adds no sorrow to it for it comes as a blessing from God. So can I encourage you this as we move into our response time? I want you to lay down your blessing blockers today. At this altar, lay down your blessing blockers. Your blessing blockers might be financial. It could be something very simple, like you refuse to budget and you refuse to live with self-control so that you can prioritize returning the tithe to God. For most of us, our tithe goes to Amazon or five streaming subscriptions Or simply our disobedience we're only cheating our great grandchildren of blessing when we refuse to obey it could be relationships is there any unforgiveness any bitterness perhaps even hatred the Bible says we can never understand grace with unforgiveness in our heart If we're holding, if we're withholding grace from someone, it really shows that you and I don't fully understand grace. Because Jesus has every right to withhold grace from me and you. But aren't you glad the Bible says his grace and his mercy are renewed every time the sun comes up? I need it every day. And I've had to wrestle through, I wrote this down, I was typing it, and I was like, ugh. And I had to go to God with it. Like, why am I so mad about typing something so good? I had to sit there and think about it because there was something in my heart towards another person that I had not let go of yet. When I refuse to let go of these things, it only hinders the blessing for my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So when we obey, here's what God says. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, Moses said, if you listen closely to the voice of the eternal and you carefully obey all the commands I'm giving you today. God will lift you up high above every other nation on the earth and all of the following blessings will be yours. In fact, these blessings will chase after you. Isn't that good news? If you'll listen to what God tells you. Moses is about to recite the blessings that will come if the people keep their covenant with God and then he's gonna further explain the curses that come if they don't. And for those of us who have believed a false gospel that God would never let anything bad happen to me, actually the world has told us that and so it actually takes us away from God. You and I need to reverently fear God because he's into our life that of all. And he will let things come into our life that bring us to repentance. But he's also ready to bless your socks off. It's good news in Deuteronomy 28 that the blessings are listed first. So let's go there. He begins to declare at length God's love, mercy, grace and forgiveness look at verse 3 you'll be blessed in the city and you'll be blessed in the field what does that mean? you're going to be blessed everywhere you go you'll be blessed with children see children are a blessing stop acting like they're a curse they're acting like a curse because of your disobedience you'll be blessed with children and crops and cattle back then that meant money your herds will multiply and your flocks will increase your basket will be so blessed it will be full at harvest time and your kneading bowl will be blessed and you'll always have plenty of bread you'll be blessed when you go out of your home and you'll be blessed when you return to your home when your enemies attack you, God will defeat them for you. They'll come against you from one direction, but they'll scatter and flee chaotically from you in seven different directions. He will bless your barns and they will be full of grain. He'll bless everything that you do. You'll be blessed throughout the land that he is giving you. The eternal, will make you a nation that belongs to him in a special way just as he promised he would if you'll obey the commands of God and live how he wants you to live every other nation on earth that means your neighbors are going to notice and they'll be in awe of you The eternal will give you more than enough of every good thing. Children, cattle, crops, as you live on the ground, he promised your ancestors that he would give you. He will open up the reservoirs of water in the sky and make the rainy seasons come each year so that everything you do will be blessed. What does that mean? That means God will open up something supernaturally to bless you that you couldn't make happen on your own even if you tried. Your produce will be so abundant that you'll lend to many nations, but you won't have to borrow from anybody. Come on, somebody. You'll be on the top and never on the bottom if you'll just listen and obey. A lot of us are wanting to be the head and not the tail, and you even quote it. You've watched TBN enough to where you're like, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. But we don't tithe, we don't serve, we hate our neighbors. You'll never get the blessings of the Lord without listening and obedience. All of these blessings will be yours if you don't deviate at all. Guys... (laughs) It's pretty clear. Don't deviate to the right. Don't deviate to the left. I know it's election week. That's not what that means. God's always been a centrist, see? I'm just kidding. Don't deviate at all from any of the things I'm commanding you today. If you don't go and worship any other gods, maybe some of us need to come down and repent today for worshiping other gods. Maybe we've been worshiping ourselves. Maybe you and I have been more concerned with what people online have to think about us, or you're on Be Real, and you've even learned how to fake that already. You and I have lived such a fake life for too long, and I think that God is calling His people to repentance, so we can listen and obey because God is sitting here with all this blessing and he's like, let's go. I'm about to blow your mind, but I'm bound by my own word. I want to release all of this onto your family supernaturally, but you are withholding obedience. Come on, my child. Know that I am good, and I've got only good things for you. You will be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. You will never be the caboose of life when you obey. Just let me let it loose on you. Let me give it to you. That's literally the picture. God is, think about your house. Just everyone close your eyes real quick and think about the front of your home or your apartment complex, wherever. Just picture it in your mind and get this mental picture that God is hovering over your home holding these giant baskets of blessing. And the only thing that can unlock these baskets of blessing is listening and obedience. But you and I, are in our house begging God for blessing and all we're giving God is closed ears and disobedience. Can I encourage you today? Just close your eyes and think about this. Can I encourage you today? Let yourself listen to God. Obey what he says. And when you do, you will never go back to a life of lack and a life of disobedience because the God of more than enough is ready to pour blessing on you if you will listen and obey. I'm gonna ask the prayer partners to go ahead and come down right now and stand in the front. They're gonna pray with you to remove these blessing blockers. It's Clean Slate Sunday. You can leave here today with a clean slate, everybody. Isn't that good news? There's also communion tables right here. Come and receive communion. Grab one of those cups, take them back to your seat or come kneel at the altar. If you want to grab a cup and come have them pray for you, do that too. Respond. Some of you right now, God is telling you, pushing the boat away and repent for some things. This is your proverbial pushing the boat away from shore. If you will push that boat away from shore today, God will bless you so much that boat might sink. Allow God the opportunity to bless you so much. You're trying to figure out what to do with all this blessing. Allow God the opportunity to release those baskets of blessing onto your family. Push the boat away from shore today. You might be tired. You might be wondering about the consequences of your obedience. Remember, the results of your obedience belong to God. The blessing, all of that belongs to Him. Everybody, bow your head and close your eyes. Let me pray this over you today. Oh, Father, we thank You. We thank You, Lord, that in this moment Your Holy Spirit is speaking to so many people today. Father, for those of us that have heard you and said no, we repent of our no. We ask for your forgiveness. God, for the things that are written in your word that we have doing or giving of our lives to make a difference like sharing our struggles with people or tithing or giving of our lives to make a difference in the life of another, God, we submit our relationships, our time, our finances, it's all yours. And God, for, for all of us who might be those left brain intellectuals, can we take of us in this room the lead of the Apostle Luke, who was more intellectual than any of us in this room, and obey you and not try to outthink you? Holy Spirit, give every one of us in this room courage to come down and say yes and push the boat from shore and watch as you unload blessing day after day from here on out. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, Tell us your story by emailing mystory at thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.